Would you rather be aboard the Titanic or fight in World War One? Downton Abbey, Series 1. Let's chat. Welcome to the Center Cut Center Chat. I am Michael. And I am his lordship, the Archduke of Penis Jokes. So, lordship, we're here to talk about something based on Downton Abbey, which if you haven't listened to that main episode, go do it. What are we doing? Yeah, so we are talking about whether or not we would have wanted to be on the Titanic on its voyage in which it sank <laughs> or have to serve in World War One. We are masochists. Bum, ba dum, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> this is dark. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Why mm -hmm. do we do so many dark center chats, Dave? <laughs> we do do a lot of dark center chats. Well, let's dive in. A couple clarifications here. Not a ton, actually. But number one, am I Billy Zane? No. Well, I mean, obviously rephrasing that, like, am I on the actual Titanic or is it a fictional version of me on the Titanic from oh. the movie? You're on the actual Titanic. Okay, actual Titanic. Mm -hmm. Do I have to fight the entire length of the war, or do I start midway through? Can I leave if I meet my Germany killing quota? I have some stats for that that I think we could talk about later. Okay. We'll flesh that one out later. Let me take a step back. We're fighting on the non-Germany side, right? Correct. Okay. Phew. I mean, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I assumed we were fighting for the British because that is the whole spirit of the Downton Abbeyness of it. Ball. Okay, so down with Germany, that mm -hmm, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Naturally. That's really all I had for clarifications. Are we going to be good at war, and are we going to have money when we're going on the Titanic? Or are we assuming kind of the worst case scenario is like we're, we're third class passengers on the Titanic and we're privates in the military? It's a great, yeah, it really is a, a great clarification, and it's very important because it skews the statistics greatly. For sure. I don't know that we need to assume the worst. Well, let's say this. I think that in terms of knowledge and work ethic and our race, <laughs> I think that we, we would at least be second class or higher in the Titanic. Okay. And we're, we're not going to be the bottom of the barrel in terms of... Warriors. Well, here's the thing, though, is that based on our chubbiness and unwillingness <laughs> to do anything physical and also the sarcasm that we love to spew just all the time would we be at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the military is there a world in which you could see either of us being an officer in the military there's a world but i do like my privates so that makes sense yeah i'm probably you're right i'm probably going to be a private you're going to be up on the front lines you know Okay, so we're frontline warriors. We're second-class Titanic folk. Perfect. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and I think the best way to really set the table here is with some statistics on death, since it's probably the biggest determining factor. You want to set the table with death, huh? Yeah, you did, you did some good research, so take it away. What do we got for death stats? All right, let's start with World War I. The British lost just about 750,000 men. 
probably a few women as well, but everywhere I listed just men because it was, you know, 1914 yeah. or whatever, not a lot of women in the military. That is out of nearly 8.5 million men who were mobilized by the British in the war. So comes out to about 8.7-ish percent. There's a lot of different stats for this. Anywhere you go, you're going to get different figures. I started reading an article that like talked about how all of them were wrong and going into all the different details. And I got about halfway through it and wanted to enlist in the army myself so I didn't have to continue reading that damn article. <laughs> so that comes out to about 1.6% of the British population at the time, which is pretty, just an interesting statistic. Yeah. Nearly 1.7 million people were wounded hmm. while in battle. Okay. So that's about 20% of like the total amount of people mobilized. However, 64% of those boys were just sent right back into battle. Wow, <laughs> it's like okay. you got wounded and they fixed you up and then out you went. Yeah. So let me get this straight, though. So you're saying roughly 20% wounded, roughly 8% death. So I have about a 28% chance of getting wounded or dying, right? Yeah. Okay. It's almost close enough to call it a third just okay. to, for round right. numbers. Chance of dying or being either critically or not critically wounded. Got it. Okay. So... Let's talk about the Titanic. 31% of the people on board the Titanic survived. 61% of the people that were in first class survived. 42% of the people in second class survived. And 24% of the people in third class survived. But you have to take into consideration that 20% of the passengers that were male survived mm -hmm. and 75% of the females survived. Right. That's it. one stat that I pulled was that 80% of men on the Titanic died and we are men. So yeah, exactly. There were 800 male passengers on board and there were 402 female passengers. So it's about a two for one. So you assume that of the 42% of standard class that survived two thirds of that was female and one third was male. So you're looking at about 15% of the men survive. And there's not really, I don't think that many people were wounded on the Titanic. You either died or you didn't die. No. I mean, I'm sure there's maybe one or two people, but yeah. And I'm sure there was like hypothermia cases sure. and all that stuff. But in terms of like wounds yeah. or injuries, probably not many. It's more binary. You're either dead or not. Yeah. I read a timeline of this whole situation and boy, was it terrible. Mm -hmm. It was so bad. I watched a movie on it, Dave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool. Nice. <laughs> well, I, I looked at the history, not Leonardo DiCaprio. So... Yeah, it's like 31% of people survived, but the ship was capable of saving 51%. Mm -hmm. They were just bad at at lifeboats mm -hmm. because the day before they were supposed to do a practice run of the lifeboats and they decided to just skip it for fun. Mm -hmm. So none of the staff knew how even any of the lifeboats worked. Yeah, that was like me when I had my job working for the city running a park program for kids. And drove that kid to his parents' house? Yeah, I was supposed to go to some CPR class and pfft, skipped that. Yep. I was 17 years old. What do you want from me? <sighs> Just a little bit more logic is all I ask. So you definitely stand a way better chance to die on the Titanic. We're talking like 85% compared to like, 8%. Yeah, 80, 80 to yeah, 10 or whatever. Yeah, not great. 10 times as much chance of dying. So then it really, it really comes down to... Many other things. Well, it, it does. But I mean, the overarching discussion is like, do you want to definitely die, but maybe have it be a little bit better? Or do you want to be really miserable, but you'll stand a better chance of surviving? Yeah, the time piece was kind of big for me, too. And this is where I was saying, you know, we could decide when we would have enlisted. Because 
at the time of World War One, and when they first started to go to battle and then asked for men to volunteer, they wanted 100,000 people to join and nearly 700,000 did. So at first, they really had no need to conscript people. As the war grew and as it continued on for a longer period of time, they realized that they needed more men. But at this time, pretty much all of the people that would volunteer did volunteer. So they cons- started to conscript people. And that was in 1916, so about halfway through World War One. Mm-hmm. That is when I'm assuming we would have had to go. Yeah. Because neither of us would have volunteered. No, we wouldn't have volunteered. Because of the chubbiness. And because we just don't really like our country of Great Britain. Well, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, so we would have been at war for actually closer to three years with three months of training at at the beginning of that. Okay. And the Titanic was what, like eight hours? (laughs) Well, no, actually you would have been so cool. Fun fact, you would have been on the Titanic for four days before it sank. Ah, okay. So it's either, do you want to be at war for three years? or be on the Titanic for four days prior to potentially dying. But Mm. the war, you have a better chance of survival, but your next few years are going to really suck. Yeah, I think if I'm guaranteed to die, like if it was 100% you're going to die either way, I think I'd pick Titanic because I would die quicker. And even if I was like lower class ship worker, I could probably steal some delicious scraps from all the rich people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Aside from probably dying and probably dying by drowning, I'd also probably vomit everywhere, though. I am the dude who has to take Dramamine before I go on a boat or a plane, and I haven't been on a roller coaster in the past 20 years. Extreme motion makes me queasy, and Dramamine wasn't around until the late 40s, so it's going to be Vomtown population me, and I, I have to take that into account personally. Yeah, so your, your four days wouldn't be ideal, is what you're saying. It wouldn't be ideal. I I still think it might be better than better war, but than being at war for three years. But I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I get that. But like, you know, the Titanic had restaurants. Mm-hmm. It had a pool, but you could only use it if you were in first class and paid nine dollars. <laughs> and that's nine dollars now. It was one shilling back then. Mm. I looked up the menu from the, the night of it, that it all went down was mm-hmm. saved. And first class had a 10 course meal. Had stuff like filet mignon and lamb in a mint sauce, a roast duckling, like Waldorf pudding, whatever the fuck that is. Peaches in chartreuse jelly. What the fuck? Third class. <laughs> I found this ironic. Third class had roast beef and boiled potatoes. I'm surprised they even had beef. <laughs> or gruel. If you were having supper comparatively to dinner, which I thought those were the same thing. Apparently, it's not. It's kind of the same thing, but supper is apparently considered more informal than dinner. So I think supper was if you were eating in your room, mm. and dinner was if you like went to one of the dining areas. I mean, if I was going to get roast beef instead of gruel, I probably would go out to eat. Yeah, right. It's like, I'm, I don't think I'll stay in the room. I don't care how many people I have to throw up on. I'm going to have roast beef instead of gruel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dave, speaking of, all this rocking back and forth between choices is making me sick. Let's take a break with a center commercial. You like that? Oh, wow. That was a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the T&A podcast. I'm an A guy myself. Now, I'm not saying I would turn down some T's, but A, man, I kind of wish there were two A's and one T, you know? Mm, mm. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I wish there were two asses and one tit. 
That's it. Oh. I want two butts and one little titty. Anyway, TNA podcast, their logo is literally a butt. I can get behind that. I want to get behind that. Jason and Sam are just two dudes, which we're two dudes. We get it. Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of the whole show is that they both sound like Danny McBride from Righteous Gemstones. Great show. Great podcast. You will laugh your A off. They take questions from their audience on a wide range of subjects, not just T's or A's. But one thing is for certain, no politics. It's unscripted, unfiltered, and they have one job to make you laugh. You can find these guys everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, your mom's panty drawer, Michael's dad's thong drawer. Gross. They're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Michael. Why are they on TikTok and we're not, huh? What's wrong with us? Why? I, I don't know. And they have a website, <laughs> www.thetandapodcast.com. If we don't have a website in two years, I quit the show. God, TNA guys, can I just come and be on your show? Please, please, please. Anyway, go check them out. The TNA podcast, everywhere you find podcasts. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and speaking of doing things with podcasts... You should send your feedback for our show to thecentercutcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and if you want to send us any T's or A's, you could hit us up on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or my cell phone number or whatever. <laughs> but Instagram is still it's still our favorite. And it is at the underscore center underscore cut. Go do it. Yes, please. All right, so we talked about if I was guaranteed to die picking the Titanic. Mm-hmm. But if I'm trying to survive, the war is easily the better gamble. Yes, I would. I think I would be more miserable rather than assuredly dying in a watery grave. But according to BBC, many young men enjoyed the guaranteed pay, the intense comradeship, the responsibility, and a much greater sexual freedom than in peacetime Britain. Oh, my God. Well, all right. Guaranteed pay. Yeah, apparently they got paid and got to have sex. Okay, well, privates were only paid one shilling and nine pence a day. And I did math. Before decimalization in 1971, one pound was 20 shillings and one shilling was 12 pence. So in those days, that one shilling and nine pence would have been equal to about 0.0875 pounds or so. One pound in 1914 is now worth 122.95 pounds based on inflation. So that's about 166 US dollars. So if you do that out with the 0.0875 pounds, that's about $14.60 USD per day that they paid a private. Like $14 now. Yes. Essentially, you'd be making $14 now. As a comparison, I figured out how much they paid a paperboy in 1914. And they made, when you account for inflation and all that, about $8.30 a day. So you're only making a little over, not even double a paperboy. And you are shooting a gun at Germans in a big hole. But this is similar to our conversation back when we did the center chat for Clockwork Orange, where we talked about would we rather be in prison or have, have a psychological test done on us? Yeah, you're making not that much money for your prison job. But what do you have to spend? Like when you're doing this war, that's all extra money. You're getting your free food. You're getting your war clothes. You don't have to pay for room and board. So are you sending any money back to your family and your wife who is most certainly not working? 
Yeah, probably. Okay, well, you're only going to be able to send her $15,000 for the whole three years that you were serving. Yeah, but they don't need any money. They don't need money. Your wife and your son don't need money for food and shelter and all that fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, but, but they don't have to feed me, and I eat more food than them. Oh, my God. You're ridiculous. <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> Not even your baby could survive on $15,000 a year. I'm just saying, I think getting trench foot is a fair trade-off for getting my dick wet here and there and some pounds in my wallet. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We we literally just, just, just talked about how your wife and your child would be home waiting for you to come home. And then in the next seconds, you talked about how you're going to fuck some chicks in wherever you are, France or wherever. I'm, I'm just going based on what the BBC said. BBC said, I'd have much greater sexual freedom. Yeah. Well, obviously, because you're not in Great Britain, but it doesn't mean that you're still not cheating on your wife. I, who said I had a wife in this scenario? We just talked about it, how you'd be, you'd have to send some of your money back to your wife. And they're like, yeah, but at least I'd be able to get my dick wet. But what if I don't have a wife? What if I'm just a single dude? Then you would come out of the war with $15,000 and lifelong PTSD and probably some wounds and you could have died. Or maybe gonorrhea. Also, more than likely gonorrhea. Well, at least I'd have 15000 And my life, and, which I probably wouldn't have if I went on the Titanic. <sighs> yeah. I mean, yeah. You're right. <laughs> but... I, I'm, I'm mostly just entertaining that BBC article. I really do think it would be miserable. Like spending my days in a trench with a bunch of other unwashed dudes. Mm -hmm. No, thanks. Yeah. And the typical rotation was like you spent four days in the trenches and then four days in reserve just behind the trenches and then four days of rest where you went back to like base. I'd get four days of rest. That's better than I have now. <sighs> but like when you're in the trenches, you're like 100% at it all day kind of thing. It's not like you get, you know, at five o'clock, you punch out and, <laughs> and chill. It's like you're still in the trenches. Yeah. You're probably coming back from that pretty wiped. Yeah. It, I mean, we, I think we all agreed, despite what the BBC is trying to shove down our throat here, war is more miserable than the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Correct. 100%. It's yeah. more miserable. It's more miserable. It also depends if, if my, here's, here's another question is that if we were on the Titanic, are we assuming that our family would have been with us? Yeah, and they're going to get off because they're women and children. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to decide whether or not my wife is, like, gracious enough to give me some room on the door. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Tell you. There's not a good choice here. There's not. What I did, though, is I, I kind of, I thought of this sort of like our Riverdale center chat by thinking of my five senses. Oh, yeah. I, I just broke it down very quickly. So, mm -hmm. for sight. I think the Titanic would win. There's less bloodshed, more open water. Taste, Titanic. I'm probably eating better food, and gunpowder tastes gross. Smell, Titanic. Icebergs are just water. The war would smell like death and B.O. Feel, that's kind of a draw. Neither feels good. Sound, Titanic. I get that orchestra who won't stop playing instead of guns and yelps and other artillery. So if I just stuck with that, my answer would clearly be Titanic. But I, I, I don't think it's that black and white. Yeah. In that decision, we were deciding how we would want to die. Right. This decision, we have to take into consideration that one of these options, we don't necessarily have to die. And the other one, right. more than likely, we will. Exactly. It's a difficult choice. <sighs> yeah. I, this, this could go either way. I think it's really dependent on my mood. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> see what kind of mood you're in then, big boy. All right, David. Would you rather be aboard the Titanic? Or fight in World War I. Titanic. World War I. So there is kind of a piece that we're missing in the World War I option. And it's like, 
intent, even if I didn't intend to volunteer for the military because I don't think that I would be all that helpful, I do think that if I did manage to survive it, I would come out of it with a little bit more of a sense of purpose, I think, and like a feeling like I did something important with my life and that I supported a good cause. So I I think that, you know, in the long run, I think it would, even if I survived both the war, although a lot of people do come out with PTSD and stuff like that, I do think that having that that sense of purpose and that that training and that, you know, that drive would enrich the rest of my life. You'd also end up with an extreme hatred for Germans. I mean, done. Already done. (laughs) Yeah, I just, I talked about it. It's dependent on my mood, but I went with Titanic at the moment just because that movie is better than every other war movie ever made. I'm surprised because you strike me as the type of person that would do literally anything to survive. You're probably right, but A, I'm not guaranteed to die in the Titanic. And B, I just don't want to fight in the war. I just don't want to fight in the war. And I think the Titanic is a better movie. Every war movie ever made, it's all the same. They're heroes. They die. Cool. I don't want to be in all quiet on the Western front. I want to be the dude they put on a doorframe next to Kate Winslet. That's what I want to be. You're never going to be Leonardo DiCaprio. You can just cut it out right now. I get both arguments, but the Titanic is just more iconic to me. And who knows, maybe I'll get lucky and be saved by the Carpathia, and it's possible. I'm going to live. I'm going to live, and I'm going to enjoy it while I'm living with my roast beef and gruel. Mm, gruel. Those are our opinions, but most importantly, we want to know what you think. Yeah, so like we said, Instagram's our favorite. So on the day this came out, we posted a post on there where you can either hit us up on our stories or you can go to the normal daily post, but let us know what you think. What would you want to do? And you can't say neither. That's cheating. That is definitely cheating. One or the other. Now, David, this wraps up our Downton talk for now, but what do we have coming up in the near future? Next Wednesday, we are going to be covering Aquamarine. We're going to have guests on with us. Steph and Ratch from Steph and Ratch Aren't Funny, the podcast will be on to ask us questions and quiz us about the middle. This movie's about mermaids, and it stars Jojo. Jojo? The artist Jojo. Jojo. Mm-hmm. She's a musical artist. Jojo Siwa? Nope. Just no, Jojo. different Jojo. Different Jojo. Different Jojo. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> that is coming up, and we are excited for it. And remember... Our opinion, just like fighting in World War One, when there's just going to be a second World War 25 years later anyway, does not matter. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.